back to leading your church. My name is Rich Cochran. I'm a pastor. I'm a leader. Uh, I'll be your host uh, for our conversation today, really talking about how do we uh, bring energy and new beginnings to this fall season of ministry. Um, I'm thrilled that you're taking a few minutes to listen. One of the things that I think that will happen, and I just believe this to be true, is uh, you'll see, you'll hear some practical ideas. Uh, I'll share some stories, some pieces, uh, things that I've seen and done. But probably what's going to happen is something's going to be said, and it's going to spark a brand new idea inside of you, and uh, you're going to take and run with that. And so for for that, I'm 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 just excited that you are working to figure out what God wants to do inside of your church. And what does God want to do inside of your heart as we move into this new season? So whether you're a seasoned leader or you're just starting out or, or somewhere in between, I think uh, we have some good practical insights. And I just believe that God's going to spark some ideas. He's going to spark something inside of you. And you're going to take off and run in it during this new fall season. And so with that, let's get started. Are you ready to set clear intentions and lay a strong foundation for this new season of ministry? One of the things I believe about the back to school season, the fall season, it is our prime time to make new connections with families. Um, this is really the most opportune moment we have over the course of the year to make connections with families. And here's why I think that. You know, a lot of times in churches, we think Christmas and Easter are the times to make connections with people. And those are. Those are, are good opportunities. But I believe the back-to-school season is probably the, the best opportunity we have to have people make changes in their routines and schedules, and here's why. When it comes to back to school, families are thinking about change. They're thinking about moving out of the summer season and back to school. They're thinking about how do we do school better this year than last year. They reflect on the things that worked and the things that didn't work, and they're making those changes and adjustments to their routine and to their rhythms. And so to me, that gives us an opportunity to uh, have them include in their rhythm changes and into their habit changes, coming back to church and engaging in church. And so if you think about it, when a person makes a change, uh, who's um, either never been to church or has been disconnected for a while, when you think about them making a change to become, become attenders again, or for the very first time, you're asking them to give up half of their morning on two days that they have off, typically, a Saturday and a Sunday. And so for them to make that change and adjustment, you're asking for a significant shift in their time. Now, we know it's worth it. We know it matters. We know the value of committing to regular worship. But someone who hasn't uh, been here in a while or maybe has never been here, they don't fully understand that value yet. And we're asking them and we're trying to help them make that change to their rhythm. And so we need to embrace the fall season of ministry. 
we need to embrace new beginnings. How do we do that? We think and we reflect back on things that we've accomplished and things that we've done in the past. It is always good to look in the rearview mirror and evaluate. It's always good to look back and ask questions. What did we do that worked? What did we do that needs adjustment and tweaks? And what do we need to stop doing? When we can reflect those things, it can help us create better, better ministry plans that position people to grow in their discipleship and in their walk with Christ and to position us to better reach um, couples and people and families uh, for our groups and for our church fellowship. And so we need to reflect on past achievements. And let me just throw in a little caveat here. You need to be honest. Not everything's awesome. Not everything's great. Not everything works. If in your reflection, in your evaluation, whether it's with a staff team, whether it's with volunteers, or just in your own time, if everything is always great, then you're probably not doing an honest evaluation. Uh, we do evaluation immediately after every event, and sometimes it's in-depth, and sometimes it's just, um, hey, what worked? What didn't work? What, what changes do we need to make? We spend five or ten minutes, and we move on. So different things require different levels of evaluation. But if you're not willing to be honest, then you're going to struggle creating effective ministry plans in the future. So we need to reflect on past achievements. We need to define clear objectives. We need to really think about what are we trying to accomplish. One of the things in the life of our church when it comes to back to school time, this is the best time of year to start new groups. We know new groups grow faster than old groups. We also knew, know that churches and, and um, connect groups, Sunday school classes, life groups, whatever you call them, don't want and don't like to, to split, don't like to divide. Um, you can say whatever you want. Um, they want the church to grow, but they want to stay the same. And so we have to cast vision and we have to push, but this is the prime time to start new groups. You need to look at where do you have opportunities? Where do you have pockets of potential? And uh, you, you need to begin always kind of have your eyes open to what God is doing and where are the opportunities. You also need to look around and say, who's not here that should be here? Um, have people become disconnected over the summer and haven't made it back over the last week or two. You need to go through your class, your, your group roles. You need to, to really reflect on and ask people, um, uh, whether it's your staff or volunteer team, who's, who's not here that should be here. And then when you think about um, clear objectives, you need to identify new people, not just specifically new opportunities, but you need to think about um, the potential of, of new people that you can make connections with. Um, so identifying clear objectives will help you navigate and connect um, with these things that can help position you for health and growth in the life of your church. No matter what you do, you always have to bring everything back and align it with your church's vision. You need to make sure that your goals, the things you're starting, the things that you're trying to accomplish, come back to your church's 
mission and vision. And let me say your church's mission and vision should connect some way with the Great Commission. That is the target. That's why we exist. Even Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. And so that has to be on our heartbeat. While we're thinking about new opportunities, we need to recognize and we need to think through, okay, what are the key metrics that we're going to track? So when it comes to metrics, and we're going to do a whole episode and probably even uh, a training course um, or training lab on stats and metrics, but you need to think through what are the things that you're going to track in order to identify how you're doing. The things I suggest, um, I do recommend that you track the long-standing metrics that churches have tracked for years. How many people were in worship? How many people were in groups? What is giving? I really recommend that you continue tracking these things and you track them um, this year to the same week last year and you need to reflect on that one of the things that we have in our resources section is a we have a free excel spreadsheet that has five different sheets connected to it to help you track and measure um, some of these um, key metrics but let me throw some new suggestions out there for you to track how many new volunteers do you have serving in preschool and children and students how many new people do you have volunteering in some capacity um, with your greeters and with your adult connect groups? You need to track the number of new volunteers and you also need to track the number of guests, um, not just by number, but you need to track the number of guests by name. When it comes to measurements, there are two different types of measurements, a lead measurement and a lag measurement. Most of the things that we've tracked as a church over the last probably three, maybe plus decades have to do with lag, lag measurements. How many people were here? How much was given? We're measuring what's happened in the past, so it's lagging behind. We're measuring those things. Um, we need to also measure the lead things, and that's where the new volunteers, uh, the, the guests, um, track the number of engagements. Remember back when we used to have the old envelope where you could check, you brought your Bible, you went to Sunday school, um, you made contacts, you, you read your Bible this week. Uh, you know, some of that was not, some of that was actually very healthy because it was encouraging people not to uh, simply check the boxes from a legalistic standpoint. We never want that. But we want to encourage people to have good spiritual habits, and we want to encourage them to have in conversations and engagements. And so somehow we need to figure out how to track engagements and connections. Again, identify what are your key metrics and be real clear on those and then track those. But remember, no matter what happens, if your metrics go up, God doesn't love you more. And if your metrics go down, God doesn't love you less. Your identity is not in your metrics. Then you have to create an action plan. Uh, develop a detailed plan. Um, identify the who, what, whens, and wheres um, of what's going on in your ministry and what's happening over the course of the fall and moving into uh, the new year. And then pastors, church leaders, you can't communicate vision. You can't communicate 
um, the why, the what, and the why. You can't communicate those things enough. You have to share and communicate like crazy. Remember, this back-to-school season, the fall season, moving after Labor Day, it brings its own energy, and we want to move towards it, and we want to embrace it. And so these things can help you as you begin to develop uh, your ministry plans and try to uh, move in with that inertia that's coming with this season and work with it. Not only do you look for the new opportunities, but one of the things that happens is you have a chance to ignite momentum. One of the great things that happens when you have momentum is everything gets easier. Um, and when you have momentum, you love it. Like it is fun. And when you don't have momentum, you know what that feels like. It feels like you're pushing everything up hill and i don't know if you're in a season with momentum or if you're in a season where you don't but this fall season gives you a chance to ignite some momentum one of the things that i want to encourage you to do is to um, meet with all of your group leaders adult group leaders whether it's sunday what do you, you call them sunday school or connect groups life groups whatever you call them meet with them and encourage them to have everyone write down the names of three people or three couples uh, that they can begin praying for and inviting to uh, attend their group. Then somewhere early in the fall, September, October, not past October, each of your group, adult groups needs to have a fellowship or a party. And they need to be able to create a, enough space where guests can come and add to uh, the room. So you can, if you've got 10 people in the group, you can't have a party that only seats 10 people. Um, whether it's at a house, a backyard, a restaurant, whatever it is, you've got to be able to have space where maybe another two or three, four couples could come and participate. One of the things that we have tried to do over the summer is to align fellowships throughout the summer spaced out every two, three, four weeks, and they're simple activities. But what I, I, I believe that ha helps us do is it helps us get momentum when we get to back to school because we've continued with um, fa church family gatherings throughout the summer. And so I just want to encourage you, this is the season to gain momentum. How to, one of the best ways to do that is when you actually reach and connect new people. So take your eyes simply off of running the play, running the program, doing what you've always done, and think about the potential and the opportunities and who can you reach? I can't think often enough about the parable where Jesus talked about the lost sheep and, and how the shepherd went after the one. In our churches, we need to chase after the one. We need to identify names. We need to pray, not just in passing and say, hell yeah, we need to pray for, you know, kind of cliche, but we need to intentionally pray for people by name that we have opportunities to invite and engage. At the end of the day, what brings the most momentum is to accomplish the things that we say are important. 
the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. And when people engage and join our worship and join our Bible studies, they're now in the environment where discipleship and evangelism can happen. And so I want to encourage you to focus on people in order to ignite momentum. As we move into a new season of ministry, not only do you have all of these things that are going on at church, but one of the things that has to happen in the life of the leader is that we have to prioritize a healthy rhythm for ourselves. Now, if you look, listen to the last episode, you know where I stand on working hard and putting in a good work ethic and putting in hours and, and really um, engaging in the work that God has called us to. But I also believe in healthy rhythms and setting boundaries. And so one of the things I would encourage you to do is to go and map out your time as a leader for this fall. You've come out of the summer, you're coming back into uh, a new season, and that probably means your schedule is going to change a little bit. And so you need to be highly intentional about blocking out your time. You need to set aside blocks of time to work on your sermon, set aside blocks of time to work on various um, administrative tasks and communication pieces. And, um, and so, but the more intentional you are in your time blocks, knowing that ministry doesn't happen um, according to our schedule, but the more intentional you are, the easier it is when your time leaks for you to keep a, a healthy rhythm. One of the things that pastors and church leaders don't do well is delegating. We've either just passed everything off and we don't go back and check up and check in, um, or we don't delegate at all. So in order for you to have healthy rhythms, you have to delegate wisely. That means you do have accountability. That do, means you do have follow-up. But it also means you allow other people that God has already strategically placed, whether they're on your staff or volunteers, to fulfill the calling that he's calling them to. And you can empower them. So you have to delegate wisely. Another thing you need to do to set up healthy rhythms this fall is you need to set aside a little bit of time to think for you can have so you can have some deep work time where you can just simply think um, and let the spirit of God work in your heart so that you can dream and think about the things that God is doing right now in this season and what he's going to do in January, February, March and what God is going to do throughout the next year. You've got to set aside time where you can think and pray through what God is doing in the life of your church. Finally, two more pieces to establishing some healthy rhythms this fall. One, you've got to rest and recharge. Um, that means you set aside time to exercise. You think, you say, well, how is exercising and resting together? Um, yes and no. Um, we've got to set aside time so that we can be physically healthy. This is probably one of my weaknesses right now, and I'm trying to work through. I worked, I, I walked a lot this summer. I exercised really well this summer, but the last three weeks, I've been busy, busy, busy. And so I'm having to now come back and figure out how am I going to set that up as a rhythm 
where I can include that exercise. But then you have to rest and recharge. You need to get plenty of sleep. That means you may have to turn the TV off. It also means you may need to say no to some weekend gatherings so that you can be prepared um, for the work that God has called you to. And then finally, I want to set, tell you to you got to have to set some boundaries. There are some things you just can't do. And I, I struggle at times saying no because I want to help. And I've, I've got a skill set that I think I can help with a lot of different things. So, you know, sometimes being the jack of all trade and master of none is, is not a great thing because, you know, I can do everything. I can do a little bit of everything except for lead the music. Um, and I could do that as long as I don't have to open my mouth. And so uh, we're going to have to set boundaries so that we have focus on what God is calling us to do. And so I just want to encourage you this fall season, move into the opportunities and don't miss out on what God is doing this season. Hey, before we go, I want to give you some dangers of what happens if we don't capitalize on this fall season or, or what happens by not getting off to a good start. Uh, one, we can lose clarity. We for, can forget why we exist. We can forget why we do what we do. We can also miss opportunities uh, when we don't get off to a good start. We, we can build in bad habits, like habits of not chasing the one, of identifying people who aren't here, um, things like that that really connect to the mission of why we exist, um, we can miss on those opportunities. We can also create negative first impressions for people who do come in. Um, if we're very careless and we just are running the same play and we're going over and just doing the same thing over and over again, um, we can have negative first impressions. Without intentionality, we can communicate ineffectively. Um, we can uh, fail to share um, not only what's going on, but we can fail to share why and the vision of what God is doing. And when that happens, what happens next? The danger is you lose momentum. And when you lose momentum, it is hard to get it back. Another danger that happens when you don't plan and don't maximize this fall season is um, ineffective communication leads to loss of momentum and then it can be difficult for you to gain trust as a, le a leader and so people can begin to doubt uh, and um, and stop stop trusting uh, that you are leading the church forward we can also begin to have resource mismanagement. We can either start throwing money and resources at stuff that, that we probably shouldn't, or we can completely miss the opportunity to leverage our resources for, um, for accomplishing the mission of what God has for us. Three more dangers of not taking advantage of this season is a high turnover. Your volunteers can back out, they can pull away. People volunteer to vision um, much more than they volunteer to need. And so not taking advantage of the opportunity can lead to a high turnover, whether it's on your staff or with volunteers. Then it can create limited support. Um, you can begin to um, have people pull away from 
what is going and what is moving forward. And then eventually, it all has long-term effects. It all begins to build up. And this is how we have churches that are plateaued and declining. We're on the wrong side of momentum. We're on the wrong side of vision. We're on the wrong side of intentionality. Um, and so when we, when we miss this season, we can miss out on so much opportunity and it begins to create long-term effects in the life of the church. And so I just want to encourage you, take time, start well, start fast. Bottom line, if you will chase after people, if you will identify people and you make that a priority, then you put yourself in position to have a great fall season, to see new beginnings, to see new opportunities, to see lives changed, to make disciples, and to see people baptized and give their life to Jesus. And I'm just telling you, that's what it's all about. We'll see you next time on the Leading Your Church podcast.